I'm curious about you tonight. And I have a hot microphone, meaning it's on. Yeah. I'm curious. Uh, so far, we're, we've gotten a number of weeks or times, Sundays and Wednesdays, into the story of David. And I'm wondering uh, if any of you or who of you would be willing to share something. What have you gained so far from looking at David? Whether it's just even a word or a thought or a talk for five minutes, I'll cut you off. But what's something you've learned or gained as a result of looking at David this Lent so far? The perspective recently shared about uh, God's timing and preparations. So it's, it's kind of common knowledge that David spent time in Saul's household playing the liar, and Saul knew David. Uh, but the insight that, that I learned either last Sunday, the Sunday before, that it was preparation for David's reign. I had never thought about it in that way. And so it was, it was interesting to learn that the, the things we go through today can often prepare us for the things we need to know tomorrow. Thanks. Very good. Thank you, Andrew. And as a college student, Looking towards the future, graduating, what's next? That can say a lot. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, what else have you gained from, from David so far? Yeah, so much more than playing the liar and, feed, uh, and uh, defeating Goliath. You know, I mean, all these stories, the, the ways you went or the, the paths you went for eight years. I mean, and we have to remember it's all by foot, right? Maybe he had a mule once in a while or so, but I mean, in sandals and through the dust and all these and, and hills and, and valleys. And I mean, it is, now I can understand why he did the 23rd Psalm, you know, and, and it's amazing what he went through all his life. And we, we don't know. I think we cannot comprehend. He was a great, yeah, he was, I mean, he was a sinner, right? He was definitely a sinner. Come on Sunday, you'll hear all about that. <laughs> We're getting there. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, what, what else uh, have you gained or learned in faith? I see a hand in the back. I learned that we are sinners just like David, and time and again we are forgiven, but yet we sin and are forgiven, and sin and are forgiven. It's over and over again. So in many ways we're just like David. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, who else uh, wants to share? Uh, Shara, thank you. For me, it's, um, the, it's the understanding of how long he spent in fear of being killed. I can't imagine being in fear for that long, length of time and how he always reached, you know, he was always asking God to protect him. I mean, he always believed that God was going to save him from, from death basically, so. Thank you. How David um, took care of his parents in their old age. He brought them to other relatives in Moab because his great-grandmother was a Moabitess so that they could be protected from Saul when Saul was out to kill him. Thanks. 
One more? Oh, I see. You have a tall person in front of you, Christina. It was hard to see your hand. <laughs> For me, uh, was to see that David always kept his eyes on God, and he knew God. And regardless of what he went through, keeping our focus on Jesus will get us through a lot. That's, thank you. Very good. And as you just said, Christina, it seemed like he always kept his focus on God, and that is true, and unfortunately, uh, it isn't true when we get to Sunday. And you'll see a bit, well, and his life very much is a up and down arc in many ways. And so what we've looked at so far is really the, the rise of David. God anoints him as Saul is not trusting God anymore and now walking with God. And, and so far, he has been that, in many ways, example of trust in God for many years on the run. And it seems like, man, how is this possible? And yet there's a peak, and I won't get ahead of that because that's on Sunday. Come back Sunday. Tonight, the reading I shared, I just want to turn and give you just a brief thought on that because it does give a, one of the best pictures of God's grace and goodness in the Old Testament. And you've heard me say this before, as, as many try to say, well, the Old Testament was only angry, mean God, and New Testament is kind, cushy, loving God. So uh, Christians said, well, let's just leave the Old Testament behind and only do the new. And, and no, there's one God with one heart and one character, and the character of God from Genesis 1 to the end of Revelation is that God wants to save His people. And as his people run away, God wants to save them. And so there's so many examples of God's steadfast love and grace throughout the Old Testament. Well, one is a picture God gives us right here with David and, do you remember the weird name that goes along with David in the story? Mephibosheth. Whew. Yeah, it was work reading all those names. But David and Mephibosheth is a picture of God and you. So the story was David, out of love for his friend Jonathan, who he made a covenant with to be kind to not just Jonathan, but all of his ancestors. He made a kind friendship covenant. We talked about that last week. And so he seeks out Mephibosheth to show him mercy, but he is Saul's grandson. And he probably doesn't know about the covenant that David made with Jonathan. They didn't, he didn't know that. Well, Saul's grandson, Mephibosheth, was crippled in both feet as a result of when Saul died and the news came. His nurse took him to run away and flee, presumably fleeing David too. And so that's how he gets injured when he's five years old and can't walk the rest of his life. And here he is uh, being summoned by David. That's not good news. What do kings do to other kings' families? They get rid of the problem, right? So he, this is not good news. You're, you're called in, you're either killed or you're, if you're lucky, you just exile yourself and go away. And so he's brought in, and what does David do? David shows kindness to Mephibosheth. He invites him into the royal palace to live for the rest of his life, and not only that, he says, you will eat at my table. At times here, you see David is a good and gracious king. That's why the verse says, 
David reigned over all Israel, doing what is just and right for all the people. That is good, and we should hope and pray that for all of our leaders and want leaders like that, no matter what uh, letter is after their name, if they would do what is good and right and just for their people, that's a good thing. So when David's doing that, that's good and godly. Well, your name isn't Mephibosheth, thankfully. Parents didn't name you that. But you are him. And I better not say his name too many times because then I'm going to say it weird. (laughs) But you and I, in the same way as he was crippled in his feet, you may not be in your feet, but in in a gospel sense, we are crippled in our heart and soul by our sin and our selfishness, and we are therefore unable to stand upright before God. And you and I deserve to be exiled from God's presence, the throne room of our heavenly Father. We don't deserve to be brought in. We deserve to be exiled from God's presence. But God invites you in because He is good and He is gracious. And God didn't just send a servant to come and find you and do the message, messaging that David does with a servant. God sends His Son to come and find you and bring you home. And God shows you His undeserved kindness when His Son dies and rises for you. And because of that, you're invited into the palace of your Heavenly Father. And you're not just invited into the palace of eternity. Now, you're invited to eat at His table. Because God is a good and gracious King of everything. I love that story. Because even though you might not be able to say His name, you are... Mephibosheth, we are brought in by the goodness and grace of God who gives us undeserved kindness. So yes, as we keep walking through David, you'll see that sometimes David was good and gracious. You'll also see many times where he's not. Know that your good king, your God, is always good and gracious to you. Amen.